mind, Gaia mind, cosmic mind, Gaia mind. All right, so today. Uh, just before we get started, I I have had trouble with this light in the top corner. It started flashing like a strobe light. So if you're apoplectic, then you might want to get a doctor to see that. And if you are epileptic, then, well, I guess it only matters a little bit because it's a small light. And if you're watching this, I mean, if you're listening to this and not watching this, then, well, the light doesn't make a a problem at all. Today we're talking about Gaia mind. I'd like to take a look at this question. What is Gaia mind? And this is related to emergent properties, evolution, and meta-mind. And this word Gaia has sort of been through the last few decades a number through a number of big changes right this word guy has had a number of changes in its meaning and this is mostly because of its relationship and its function within the new age paradigm so essentially gaia and gaia mind has come to mean in the new age paradigm mother nature It's come to mean the force of natural occurrences. The force that understands and knows and has ideas in relation to the trees, the mountains, the natural biosphere. And this is okay. That's a great working definition. Nothing wrong with it. But there is also another meaning which is sort of been related to that, which is that Gaia mind has previously meant something more like meta-mind, more like the thought that is occurring across more than just one individual. Now, to understand just clearly what we're working with, then we have Gaia mind, and then we also have your mind. So, your mind is the thing that is between your ears that you think with. And to contrast that more, you can say, well, the mind of the computer. Or you can say funny things like, ah, that that animal has got a mind of its own or that object has got a mind of its own when it does something unexpected and all the rest of it. So this is related to theory of mind and just basic paradigm dynamics all around. So... When we look at mind, one of the ways in which we can conceptualize it is as, well, say you have Christmas lights and you have all these little nodes, all these little lights, and the light can either be on or off and you can have an ever-changing number of patterns by which the combinations of lights can be on and off. So you can see patterns going 
in different ways and you have what we might call a gestalt or a, a cognitive shape or a synoptic firing sequences and we don't need to go too far into <laughs> the the neuroscience right the, the the nuances of neuroscience is really all about well what exactly is the patterns what are the patterns what are the mechanisms what are the terms and what are the mechanics but for this conversation it's enough to just conceptualize it like well how many patterns and in different ways can these lights be on or off and from this you can see that well you can have a thought in one person's mind which would be that well there's a there's a pattern of christmas lights and then that exact same pattern can be in someone else's mind now as soon as we grant that we have to ask well whose thought is that who is it that has that thought if we both have exactly the same thought then can one really own it oh i just heard something maybe i'm talking too loud <laughs> but to to have that as our working basis and to say well people can have multiple thoughts then that is to realize that well thought isn't just nested in the individual thought is nested in well a collection in relation to multiple people and from here from there if we just extrapolate that out for further it goes to well not just thoughts but also perceptions motivations evolution itself and all the rest of it experience phenomenon emergent properties emergent shapes emergent structures and that is what we call gaia mind the the thing that has that now this shouldn't be too much of a stretch because in a micro sense this always happens right because the very the very words that i'm using now are familiar to you if you understand english all of the words i'm using are familiar to you you've heard them before they're not difficult if we took just one of these words and you said what what does the word word mean what does cat mean what does difficult mean what does understand mean then it's straight ahead it's very much easy right it's like we've got well, i've got one christmas light in my neural network and you've got one in yours and it and it and it goes off right but what becomes tricky is that the, the stringing of these words in a very subtle sense is actually is actually pushing towards a new pattern it's actually pushing towards a new gestalt and the question is well where does that come from what is it that is actually having that as a process now here's another thing to consider it's going to be a bit tricky to see which one we should do first there's there's two things we need to sort of have at the same time which is the this the deception of the evolution the evolutionary paradigm and 
the sense of, well, where knowledge comes from, where a thought comes from. So in our sort of Western scientific paradigm, the idea is that, well, okay, we have these patterns, we have these thoughts, or we have these ideas, and the best way to work with them is to actually cross-reference them with books and research and previous people's ideas. And if you read a scientific paper, if you read a book from academia, then it's going to have references to many little pieces from the past. It's going to be bringing together all these little things that have already been before. And this is what we might call a priori knowledge. Now, the other side of this, the other sort of big component of the scientific paradigm is and and a priori knowledge is the evolutionary paradigm now the idea here is that you say okay well you have a single celled organism and that turns into a multi-celled organism and then that becomes more and more complicated until you get Homo erectus, Homo sapiens, and then they have brains, which then evolve thoughts. And it's this idea of, well, okay, one thing leads to another thing and it becomes increasingly more sophisticated and complicated and subtle and detailed and rare and all the rest of it. Now, there's a problem with this. There's a limit to this. Now, that's that's very important, of course. Yes, evolution is there for, for many reasons and in, in many walks of epistemology. Yes, we have to have that idea. But when it comes to Gaia mind and actually something bigger, then there's a limit to that. And this is related to the a priori knowledge because it, it always assumes that there's a frontier. It, it assumes that there's a limit. And this is a kind of contradiction because if you assume there's a, there's a precipice or like a frontier of a, a, us moving forward, the, the edge of science, the edge of humanity, then you have to ask, well, how does someone have a new thought? How does someone actually come up with something that hasn't been done before? And in a microscopic sense, in a real immediate incremental sense, there has to be something new. There has to be a time when someone has a thought for the first time. Now, how much of an increment that is, (laughs) is up to debate, right? And the scientific rebuttal to this is, well, we do have new thoughts. They just happen at very tiny incremental uh, rate, uh, rate of very small increments. But to understand this from a different perspective and to actually say, well... That's not all there is to the story. It is to say, well, we have Gaia mind. We have this thing that actually is... It's, it's already there. 
almost like the the book is already there it just needs to be read and this would paint very differently the idea that well there are laws of nature there are laws of the cosmos we just have to discover them and this is how a lot of scientists actually conceptualize their idea of the the precipice the cutting edge of science you're not actually inventing something right you don't invent the laws of nature you actually discover it you actually have it revealed to you now on a very deep level on a very powerful level you're actually having something revealed to you that comes to you that is not your thought when you have a very powerful thought when you have a very powerful realization you actually wonder now now how did i come up with that how did i think of that how did i realize that and if it's really powerful and it's genuinely something new it would be that you can't actually pinpoint it you can't say oh it came from that book or that person if it's a really original thought then you wouldn't really take credit for it in a sense you would say well i don't know how i came up with it i was in some sort of state i was in some sort of mode And what this hints at, if we say, okay, we've got this phenomenon, we've got these sort of holes in our way of understanding things, what we can do is we can say, okay, well, this is Gaia mind. This is the world thinking for itself. This is Mother Nature thinking through you. It's almost like, well, you remember how we have these this picture of the Christmas lights and the light bulb being on or off and then we can have patterns across that. Well, the same thing applies by individual people, right? If a human being is a single node in a network, right? This is part of the new age paradigm. We're all connected. We're all part of one Gaia. We're all part of one nature. Well, that would mean that the world is... its own network it's it's its own neural network and that would mean that when when this thought comes to you it's actually it's actually all already been there it's already been in the collective i mean i, I want to say it's in the collective unconscious but it's not it's not unconscious it's it's possible for a a thought to be in many people's minds but not in a single person's mind in the same way that it's possible for a pattern of christmas lights to be across many Christmas lights and not in a single Christmas light. If you were a single 
Christmas light bulb and then you were going on and you were going off. You were going on and you were going off. And then you'd wait a little bit while of a while, right? So you, you have only on and off, your binary. And then you have different lengths of time for which you are on and 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 how frequent it is that you're on and off, right? Then you wouldn't be able to see. Well, actually, if you you stood back, you'd see, oh, there's these waves going down or there's this pattern or this, you know, there's a, there's a sort of like a, a something, whatever the pattern is. You wouldn't be able to see that, which means that the thought isn't in you. And it doesn't mean the thought doesn't exist. And yet, if you were able to, as a single Christmas light bulb, to actually count, okay, well, what is my pattern? And what is the, what you, you know, you, you have to say, well, you know, for, for, this, <laughs> for this metaphor to work, we need to start to bring in multiple variables. And may, maybe the metaphor does break down. But say if you can see, you know, the light bulb next to you and the light bulb below you, and then you work out, okay, well, this is my pattern and that's their pattern and that's their pattern. So therefore, that must mean that this is the pattern overall if we assume there are more light bulbs heading out in these different directions then that thought would occur to you. Then you would, li- you would literally be a single light bulb that knew the pattern of all the light bulbs. And that's what happens when people have genius ideas. That's what happens when people discover the laws of nature. Or when they just simply create something novel, when they have a novel idea. They are tapping into... Gaia mind. They literally have the same thought as Mother Nature. Now, when we do this, or as this as as an experience, to say a little bit more about state, we're sort of saying it here as if it's very much a cognitive process, and that is the case. A lot of the time, right? Thought is on the level of thought, but it can also be on the level of experience. It can be a little bit more mystical. And these states aren't always what we might call like a peak state or an altered state. It's sometimes subtle. It's sometimes gradual. Sometimes it's something that takes time to build, right? For some, for, for a scientist to be in his lab and to his or her lab, and to realize something new, it it doesn't necessarily mean they're having big euphoria or big visions or bodily sensations that are extravagantly different to their everyday, day-to-day life, right? Not necessarily so. It can be subtle. It can be simple. But a lot of the time, or at least some of the time, I mean, who cares how frequent, frequently it is, right? We can talk about and debate how, how, how this connection is and how close and how much this happens. <laughs> but there, there are times when the eureka moment is, is with, with ecstasy. When the scientific breakthrough happens, it is this big feeling it does have this emotional component, has this bodily sensation component to it. 
And that is just tapping into the overmind. Now, another thing we can do to sort of get at this is to look at something I mentioned earlier, which is meta-mind or meta-thought. And this is really just the same thing, but just a different angle. So, say you're a scientist and you learn a whole bunch of textbooks and a whole bunch of disciplines, and then you go to your university lecture and you start teaching what you're going to be teaching is actually principles. It's actually meta-ideas. Now, of course, you're also going to have nuts and bolts and individual things, but you're going to teach meta-ideas because that will help these younger students get to the Gaia mind, the higher mind, or the meta-mind sooner. Now, I don't know really any examples in science because I don't have any understanding of science, so... Let me use a music example. Say you turn up at your music lesson and your teacher says, okay, so music is made of rhythm, melody, and harmony. And melody is of the heart. It is sweet. It is the the singing song. And rhythm is of the body. It's dancing. It's the beat of the drum. And harmony is of the head. It's theoretical. It's mind. Now, that's three components of things which are meta-thoughts or meta-conceptualizations of what music is, right? Because then your teacher is going to have to say, okay, well, well, rhythm is broken down into this sort of thing and we've got this kind and this kind and this kind and this means this and this fits in like this and that's the nuts and bolts. But for your teacher to say, well, rhythm is of the body, melodies of the heart, harmonies of the head, well, these are meta-ideas. These are ideas of conceptualizing these big things that help convey vast complexes of things in an easy way. And in many ways, that's what we're always doing with words. We're always trying to reach into the Gaia mind. We're we're always trying to tap into something meta and bridge these nuts and bolts and details with the broad, larger, big spectrum idea of things. Now, in the future, what's going to happen is I'm going to be able to give you my flash stick and you'll plug it into your head. And, of course, it won't be a flash stick. It'll be whatever the <laughs> whatever the op- operating system requires. But essentially, it'll just be a flash stick. We'll plug it into your head and then you will be able to have an exact copy of my cognitive shape of the structure of my brain. And you'll be you'll be able to literally try on my experience. And that experience will be like being inside a movie. It'll be like being inside the movie of my life. And I'm not talking I'm not talking virtual reality. I'm not talking looking at something and seeing it 
through my eyes. That's that's sort of the intermediary step, right? That we'll go through. V- virtual reality is just a like a stepping stone to where we're headed. The flash stick in the brain with exact same cognitive sh- structure will be experiential, and you'll be able to have the exact experience, full bodily, emotional, and mental, and all the rest of it. And of course, it will end, right? You'll be able to switch it off like you finish watching a movie. And it'll be like, okay, well, that was nice. Or I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what your reaction will be, (laughs) right? But from there, we're going to have a very different experience of mind. Because you won't be able to say, well, okay, that's my thought. Well, that's my experience because now that's in you. Now you've had that thought. Now you've had that experience. It's as much a part of you as it is of me. And it will just be a much more efficient way of bridging the details with the bigger picture. You will, you will literally be tapping into Gaia mind. And in, in a sense, we already have this with the internet, right? Because what I say conveys something to you. And for me to convey it, you have to hear it. And of course, there's a bridge of understanding and there's a bridge of like, well, how much am I conveying? But... For you to hear it, then there's not only an understanding and communication barrier, but there's also just a broadcasting barrier, right? There is, well, back in the day, if I wanted you to hear words or to have words from my mind, I would have to send a homing pigeon or send an owl. And then you would have those words and then it would come back to you. So now with the internet... We're geographically smaller because I can send it anywhere in the world via email and it can take any short, like the shortest amount of time. And then it's the same with speaking, right? With people talking on the internet. So imagine if we had the internet where every person who's talking like I am now could be heard by every person like you could you could listen to every podcast and every video that there is and you could get all of the information and of course that wouldn't be efficient because words are so slow right like this this kind of communicating with words is 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 painstakingly slow right you're you're only getting this very tiny amount of how many ideas there are whereas hopefully in the future <laughs> we'll have the cognitive shape where it will be like i can just give it to you and after a couple of minutes then you can have the entire the entire doster experience the entire wealth of knowledge and experience in just a couple of minutes and you can do that with hundreds of people. 
And most likely that will not happen with me sitting in the same room as you and giving you something physical like the flash stick, right? Because that's also very clunky and very physical. It will actually be across the internet. It will be across some sort of wave. And then you say, well, what, what is that wave? What is that network? Well, that's Gaia mind. That's the meta mind. So those are a few thoughts. And I think we'll have to come back at this again because there are more definitions of the word Gaia mind through not just the New Age paradigm and the scientific uh, paradigm, but there are other definitions as well. So thanks very much. We'll be back very soon with more.